let's talk about it. Welcome back to Thick Radio, the podcast where we talk about gaming and everything in its orbit. I'm James. And I'm Tim. Let's get into it. Today we're joined by a special guest. You know them, you love them. It's Allison. Yay! Allison, baby. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Hi. <laughs> How you doing, baby? You all right? Um, I'm doing okay. I mean, I kind of just got done dyeing my brother's hair today. So it was like uh and you know how blue is kind of a bitchy color, especially like it stains everywhere. So like it got all over my hands and I had to go run to work to get hair color remover wipes because I didn't think about that earlier. So I was like, okay, um, I guess uh, I'm going to have to run to work to go get some, but I found some, I ended up spending $11 on the container of like color remover wipes, but I guess it's fine. Cause I'll use them. La- I'll, I'm going to need to use them later, but like, yeah, but that's how my life's going right now. Right. Well, I mean, you're you're quite well known for for coloring your hair, bleaching it blonde, and adding some colors. They always look really cute as well when you post them afterwards. Always looking styling and gorgeous. Not right now because the pink is like really really faded. So I'm like I'm just kind of like wanting to get rid of that and like let it sit until after I get back from my vacation, and then I'm gonna dye the tips orange. So. Oh, did I, did I inspire that? Did I with the with the ginger beard? Is that is that what we're going for? If if you want to like consider that, sure. But unfortunately, no. But um, she's so modest, isn't she? Isn't my co-host the most modest girl on earth? She's so demure. Just admit that you cute. We love her. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm, I do it according to season. So like when winter rolls around, I'm gonna be doing a reverse ombre. So like blonde fading into black. So, Alison, we brought you on today, and I, I just kind of want to put this out there for the listeners. Can you tell everyone how old you are? I'm 18. Yeah. Oh, baby, I, I forgot young, how young you are. I know that is super young, and I know that scares a lot of people, but, like, yeah, that's a thing. It's established, and um, the fact that I'm not afraid to admit that, that's ballsy. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Well, and, and it, you know, that's the kind of representation we need you know, in all aspects of the community, because that you guys are the, the, the fresh wave, new generation. I mean, you guys are going to be the ones that experience all that life has to offer. And when you get old and jaded like us, you'll have hopefully a better outlook on the future and be able to, you know, to laugh at the new, make, way you know, work. make, make some significant contributions of your own. Cause funny enough, that's what the um, topic for today is, is the future of the gaming community. Absolutely. And, you know, like Tim said, we want to get people of every age range really onto the podcast and, you know, being appropriate, you know, it's not to get people who are underage because that's problematic, but 18 is about as low as we can go. And you can obviously draw from a lot of those experiences, you know, which I think is going to speak to a lot of listeners, both currently in a certain age bracket and reflecting on that age bracket that they were once in, because, putting it out there um i believe the estimated average age of gainers discovering the community is around about 12 13 and uh we all did that thing where we were like are you over the age of 18 yeah 
yes, yes, I am. I'm, I'm clicking that box and I'm putting in uh, my birth date, but I'm counting back the necessary number of years to make it so that I am the, co- the correct age to be on here. So Look the words right out of my mouth. Girl, honestly. <laughs> so, you know, I think it's um, to kind of preface it and put it all out there. I, I think we all know what it means to be a certain age uh, and reflect on that time in our lives on our journey because some people even started their gaming journeys while they were young you know underage living I know that I um I know that I used to talk to like a couple guys who did start really really early I think 14 15 maybe even 16 is like when they actually like start to take the leap and jump for it but of course they like lose weight they like um pull back because of like society or um parental influence or like some huge factor that may seem really big now but they look back at it and they're like, why did I ever let myself like let this go or something? Like, you know what I mean? Definitely. I mean, I can think back to being like in high school, thinking about the concept of gaining and being like, God, I'd love to do this. But you know, like I was one of five kids. My mother's crazy. I've told some stories about her on the podcast, on live streams, on chunky chats, on all sorts. She is a very crazy woman and I love her to pieces, but she is crazy. <laughs> and unfortunately uh, that would not have flown in her household. So um you know, there is something to be said about you've got to acknowledge your situation. If you can make it work, bitch, be that, be the teen gaining sensation and make that happen for yourself if you really want it. But like, truly, there is so much freedom once you move out of the family home and discover life for yourself and really, like, gaining, gaining is transformative. You curtail your life to be in a certain way that aids itself and lends itself to being a fatter person. And it's so much easier to change all of those facets when you are in full control of every facet of your life, like with a full-time job, an income, a house of your own, all that other kind of biz. So it does get easier to a degree as time goes on. Like- right. I mean, even especially like when you get your driver's license, I think, like, because like over here, um, it's a really big deal as when you get when you get it the first time. Cause it's like, you have that like sense of freedom. It's like your adrenaline kind of gets up, but like in a good way. And then like, you're sort of just like, Hey, um, I don't have to depend on these people to like bring me where I want to go anymore. And I don't have to like walk or like spend so much time, like trying to find transportation somewhere when I can just do it myself. 100%. Tim, as, as you know, someone who you, you would have gotten your license, you know, a couple of years ago now, like, has, do you reckon that experience differs from generation to generation or do you reckon that still uh, hits, hits the feeling, hits the mark? Well, I was kind of slow to do everything. So I didn't actually get my driver's license until I was 18. <laughs> um, it's typically you get your permit at 15 or 15 and a half, depending on what state you live in. And then you get your full license at 16 after you take your exam. And unfortunately, so I lived in uh, Kansas City, Missouri, right up until I was 17, right? And at that time, I think that state had certain requirements on it. And then we moved to Ohio and this state had uh, restrictions like you had to take driver's ed, which your parents then had to pay for. And my mom didn't want to pay for it. So I didn't get my license till I was 18. And to be honest, I was a very nervous driver. Um, I 
Why and I was the same confident? way. I, was the same I didn't way. feel confident trying to do it when I was 16. In fact, it was quite a fight to get me to do it at 18. I don't know. I was too young. I thought maybe, oh, it'll be fine. I'll just catch a ride with people. Yeah, no. Um, I'm glad that I, you know, bit the bullet and got it done. But uh, yeah, I was, uh, for generations now, I mean, I'm going to assume that it's still about 16 that you get your, your license and you're free to drive. But out of every state's different. Some of them even have restrictions on what hours of the day you can drive if you're under 18. So mm. I missed out on all that. Like I got it 18, bam, was driving. So I know here that um, the first year you get your license, it's uh, on weekdays, it's 10 o'clock, I think. And then on Saturdays, it's 11 is your curfew for like, getting driver's license and stuff but i've had mine for like two and a half years now so i want to ask you allison what is your understanding of the gainer community and its history like in your own words tell us how you think it all kind of started and the kind of journey it's been on until this point today okay i have to really have to think about that because um i first heard about it um when i was in middle school and um I think it was, I was either 12 or 13, which as you said, was like the standard age, like find out. And from my interpretation of it, I had very little knowledge. And it was, um, as far as I knew, it was um, people who intentionally liked to gain weight, which was um, my total and complete understanding of it. That's all I knew. Like, I thought it was just like one kind of person in that community, gainers, that's it. Right. And I didn't think that was, there was anyone that influenced that. I didn't think that they had like any fans or anything. I thought they were just kind of doing it. Because you identify as an encourager slash feeder. Is that right? Yes. So obviously at that moment, you're thinking, oh, I like this thing, but it's not quite my particular flavor of ice cream. So maybe kind of shopping around a little bit, still looking for some ideas. So how did that develop from there for you? I guess it's kind of like a little bit of a backstory, if I'm going to be totally honest with you, but I'm going to keep it short. Um, so it kind of all started, like, I was in, like, seventh or eighth grade, and um, I had a crush on this, like, one guy from, like, my gym class. And I had gym class last period, and that was, like, when everyone was, like, wanting to go home. Everyone was over the day. No one really tried, and everyone still got an A. And there was this one guy that I really liked in there. As you know, like your hormones kind of like are all over the place, especially in middle school. And I completely dealt with my emotions towards like having a crush on the same sex because I identify as male at the time. And I completely dealt with it the wrong way because the whole, the the entire gym period, not just our class, but the entire gym period found out about it. And then they started giving me grief about it because the guy I liked in my gym period was like a really like chunky chubby guy and um he's not now he like got hella skinny but um back in the day he was and like I don't know why it was just something about the way he looked in particular that made me think about it and then like as as a kid you fall into like that deep dark hole on YouTube and everything and it just kind of like falls into place like I can definitely identify with that you know like um the whole crush on a guy in gym class And I was growing up in the age when the internet was basically in its inception. And I think in middle school, the most that anybody had was like AOL and we didn't have the internet in my house. So I had to use my imagination 
but there was a boy in my gym class who I had a serious crush on and it was just something, I mean, not knowing what that is, you don't know that it's like you're attracted to um, that type of body. It's like, you know, cause I was, I don't know, seventh grade, like puberty had hit, but you know, you're just figuring out what turns you on, what you're into. And there was something about the curve of this boy's belly. There was something about his, ch the, the chubbiness of his cheeks. Like I just, you know, and if I'm going to be honest, yeah, he formulated a lot of mas masturbatory fantasies as I was you know, entering puberty. And what was your impression of the community when you first signed on to Grummer? I'm not going to lie. Um, and I know I'm, I have the full right to be honest on this thing. Here we go. Be honest. Good. But I did not have a very high view of it first signing on. Can you tell us why? one of the main things that really turned me off was gainer liberties. I mean, there's probably a reason why Luke Kitu wrote that comic series, Deal with the Devil. Yeah, I, I, I understand what you're talking about with the thing that we've talked about a lot, this self-promotion kind of self-indulgent, like I am popular and defined by my popularity by how many followers I have. And we've made gripes about, you know, followership and why are these particular cisgendered white men put above everybody else like you know i think we've probably beaten that to death but um it's it's clearly something that is affecting the the newest generation of gainers to come onto the website i mean if you guys are noticing it it's obviously still a problem i i think that almost speaks to celebrity culture in general you know um once upon a time and and tim will probably be one of the first people to tell you this you know it used to be if you wanted to be a, a star you had to be a fucking star like you couldn't just rock up at an audition and hum a few bars and go, Oop, that's it, I'm going to be Hollywood's new it thing. No, bitch, you needed to know how to sing and how to dance and how to act. And how to juggle, how to play the ukulele. And that's how, how it used to, to be. Yeah. Whereas these days, you know, you can uh, drop a sex tape and have a reality show and flog juice cleanses on Instagram that have been scientifically proven to give you <laughs> fucking melted bowels, apparently. Thank you, Khloe Kardashian's detox tea, whatever the fuck they're flogging now. But, you know, the modern celebrity is under a lot less scrutiny for quality, but people still follow them because that's what we've always done with celebrities, you know? Whether it's starlets from the old era or kings and queens and politicians and war heroes from the years before that, we always looked up to the people whose names were put up in lights. We wanted to hear what they had to say. And whether it's that or our little microcosm community. We still look to the people with the most respect and the most attention as the ones we need to take the lead from. And there is something to be said when the conduct doesn't seem to match the tone. And there's something to be said when something that is meant to be a support system community network turns into a cash grab which is something that a lot of people comment on. Because if enough people are turning around and saying the same fucking thing, it's not us just whinging about having a problem. This is the community coming together and telling you, we recognize that something's up here. So let me ask you this. How do you feel interacting and engaging with gainers and other encouragers on Instagram? I feel like it's easier. Right off the bat, Instagram is a social media made for literally everybody. Yeah. And... If you're taking this community and putting on an, in an on an entirely different platform, it's already overwhelming. 
I feel like that's the reason why grammar didn't work for me. Like it was sort of like overwhelming. It was like, like I said, taking a whole community, putting it on an entirely different platform where I have no idea how it works, no idea who to talk to, no idea who's good and who's a snake. I feel like gainers are like more approachable on Instagram rather than over on the other platform. Do you think that it's fair to say that for the younger generation of gainers, so let's say anywhere from 18 to about 25, um, because you guys grew up with the internet constantly, you grew up with social media constantly, like gainers at my age, like close to 40 and even above, we didn't grow up with that. And um, Gromer came out in an era of like that kind of social interaction, you know, and it's kind of like a bygone era, in my opinion. Like, <clears throat> um, Grummer is focused solely on one community, right? And for most of us that joined it, we were like, yeah, we had lives outside of it, but this was where we decided to throw in our hat. Like, this is our tribe, this is our community, this is us. Uh, whereas I feel like with younger people today, you guys are part of so many different communities. You know, you're not just throwing your hat in with one group of people. You're not saying, I only have one tribe. You know, I have a tribe that's in the gainer community. I have a tribe that's in the non-binary community. I have a tribe in the drag community. Like there's just so many different places that you guys exist in. I know specifically for me, and I've regretted this because um, I think there are some instances where I've took it maybe a little bit too far. And I regret those. And I regret decisions I've made where I, maybe it wasn't the best decision to like incorporate this community into like, certain aspects of it but there are definitely times where i've tried to like mesh communities together like with the gainer community like especially with people that i talk to and i think in a way it turned out worse than how it started because for me it was overwhelming and the fact that i wanted to mesh them together as a form of comfort and less stress and in a sense early on i felt like i was living kind of a double life because you definitely have this like one like fetish sexual side or sensual side. And then you have like the, the normal civil human being go out into the world, do you do your thing kind of thing. And then especially playing it as a teenager, who's also trans, it's kind of almost a triple life. Like you're going through discovering who you are. You're the civil person, you're the professionalism. This is what I'm going to do as a career person. You're the, um, oh, there are, there are days where I'm in the mood for this. So I've got a question for you, talking a little bit about your generation, the Zoomers. Um, you know, so much of what you guys seem to do online, and I, I'd love to see it because I think as a millennial, you know, I think we were the first ones to really try to kick things off with like clean energy and positivity and, you know, gay is okay. And don't get me wrong. I think we made some real great waves with a lot of different things, but I think you guys have really picked up the mantle in terms of just being unapologetically insistent with so much. Unapologetically accepting is the key term, I think. Yeah. Like, and that's amazing. I think for a lot of people in my age bracket, you know, we were very like, we'll fight for our right to be gay, but, you know, also like, we'll kind of hide a bit if we need to, because everything's very scary. And don't get me wrong, there was certainly a period of time, and in some places it still is that case, where that's that's the safest way to be. However, seeing you guys online being 
unapologetically yourselves and truly to the point where it says, I don't care if I lose my family over this. I don't give a shit about any of you bitches. If you're not going to come correct when it comes to the true story about the race history of countries, if you're not going to come correct about global warming and everything else going on, then I don't want any part of you. It is honestly so cutthroat and I live. Zoom is online being like this family Thanksgiving. I'm planning all of my triggers for like my old family members. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> can't wait to see it. The millennials are here with the cocktails being like, you go kids. <laughs> We were a bit worried about the Tide Pods for a moment, but you came around again. You did good. I love it too. I really do. Like, I, I really don't admire... even get me started on Tide Pods because that's just the mess. <laughs> oh my god! Now I just I really admire that the, the Gen Z kids because, like, being a millennial, um, we, like James was saying, we did fight for things, but we also kind of felt quashed by Gen X and the Boomers because they just oh, yeah. tried as hard as they possibly could to squash everything we wanted every dream we had down we were definitely first generation of being called snowflakes being called uh everyone gets a participation trophy yeah everyone's shitting on millennials everyone shits on millennials Uh, they they think that we are the core problem with america or the world you know depending on where you are i will happily take that hot load every goddamn time if it protects y'all and gives you some cover while y'all run around the back and shank them in the back of the neck. Absolutely. I'm here for that too. I will take the heat if it gives the Gen Z kids the chance to be who they want to be. So very much here for that. There's a lot of back and forth about how we seem to interact with culture and how culture doesn't exist in a vacuum. It's not like we will all go into Gromma and experience the exact same one Gromma. And yet there's still a collective zeitgeist that comes about as a result. This one idea of the one perception that we all seem to have of the same thing, which, as we've discussed, is not necessarily a positive one, which is frustrating. You guys seem to focus really strongly on positivity, community support, mental health as well. Like, I want to ask, do you think that comes from similar engagement with other fetish communities? Is that just a generational thing? Like, like where does that come from for you? Where does your courage come from? Because you guys have so much courage and I'm wanting to, I'm, I'm curious as well, like where does that come from? Because we, we didn't have it. <laughs> For me in particular, it definitely had something to do with how I grew up. I grew up uh, living next door to my grandparents. I was a Mexican and Italian raised. So loud family, big talkers, hands, hands while talking. A lot of my family had like um, confidence issues and like they had, they were very like passionate, very like expressive people. I felt like I needed to be the one that like always encouraged like a positive outlook, whether it's body, whether it's hair, whether it's outlooks. Getting down to the wire, that's where a lot of my courage comes from. Definitely feeling like I had to be the one to be overly confident and be overly expressive and just be out there because hey, no one else will then do it yourself. You touched on this a little bit before, actually, when you said about Roma being its own social media platform and having a bit of a struggle with that. I think a lot of the progress that our community has made recently can be attributed to social media choices that people are making nowadays. Like, do you think, from what you've seen of gainers on Instagram, do you think people are really taking advantage of that and trying to do more with it? Or do you think people are still really hesitant to, like, do something with that potential with my view i think it's definitely half and half because while i do think 
it's becoming easier and more accessible for gamers and encouragers viewers to express themselves and put out more content because there's gainer memes out there now and there's gainer fan art and everything and i heavily encourage that and i think that's awesome i think that's like a huge like that's such a gen z thing to do with a community like this like take this and turn it into art like that's awesome like i don't understand why like people i'm surprised i haven't written like gainer music yet or like and i was talking to like james about this earlier but like earlier this month and I was like you know reality show question mark like I will like dead ass write the script I've wanted to see that for years too you know like, like I'm, ser- I'm serious like, loser. <laughs> and I stand by and I stand by this I will legit write the script and like show you guys like or send you guys like a pdf or something because I I'm telling you like they're taking this and they're turning it into art basically and picking piggybacking on what James said earlier I mean it's very transformative. So is art. Mm. Like this I was is talking art. to James about how I would love to produce a gainer sitcom of some sort along the lines of, because there was a YouTube series called The Skeleton Crew that featured a gainer relationship. <gasps> I love that show. And it's, it's a good show. I mean, it doesn't focus Damn. solely on gaining. There's just, there just happens to be a gainer relationship in the dynamic of the characters. I but like I would love the- a show that literally focused on the gaining lifestyle. I legit had the biggest crush on Nick Bombasino on that show for like such a long time. And some of the things that he said would be like, yep, that's, um, that's fuel. All right. We talked about this on a recent chunky chat. There've been a few things coming out recently from people like on an episode, uh, Katya talked about, um, listening to gain a hypnosis where it says fatten me, you know? And like, I watched this with, with some housemates and I'm sat there like, pearls clutch like how do they know who told you um but then michael henry uh, is producing a comedy series at the moment and like the sort of zinger joke at the end of the episode is this guy that he hops for uh he's put on a bit of weight and he's like oh that's because he's in a gainer relationship he's like what's that and it's like oh because he's with the guy who's a feeder he's feeding him up for sexual pleasure don't kink shame michael and there's that kind of applause in the background where it's like yeah don't kink shame but i'm sat there like what is this unyielding support for who we are and what we do? And it was just such a, a beautiful moment to come back to the literal reality, which is Gromma does not own gaming. Literally any other human being in the world who has never heard of Gromma, never heard of gaming, is still going to sit there and go, the concept of obesity is hot and I would like to put on weight. And they might give it a random term. And they're out there right now putting food away, going, I want to do this but they've got no clue we're here because we're so insular and we're hidden. And we think right. we somehow own the rights to the concept, but we don't. And I don't know, like it, it, it was just interesting to think, you know, there, there may be so many more well-known celebrities or at the very least queer celebrities that know the concept. And I don't know if you met them at a bar and you were having a drink and you told them, Oh, I'm, I'm into gaining. They'd probably be like, yeah, okay, cool. You know, I bet Matt McGorry knows who we are. Oh, of, oh! even if he didn't before, he will know now because, and this is a call out to our community, y'all are horny fucks and y'all need to stop. I need to take a moment <laughs> to say this, goddammit. He really grabbed the bull by the horns and said, stop. Yeah, no, this is a fucking stop moment. Mama says, sit the fuck down and stop it. 
because you don't know him personally. You don't know if he's a gainer. I get it. He got fat. It's fucking hot. We jerk off to it. Absolutely. Because it's hot. Do not message him. Do not comment on his post with your shit. Do not be so basic because that is why people think we're fucking freaks because you're horny and you got no fucking standards and no self-respect and you ruin shit for everyone. And I'm not fucking entertained and it does need to stop because Tom Scar, very well-known British YouTuber who was put on a shit fuck ton of weight, again, gorgeous, very talented, makes the Astor movies, we love it, literally made a video calling out gainers because so many of you were commenting on his shit, sending him inappropriate messages, projecting your fantasy onto him as if he should give a fuck. That's something that needs to change in this community. That is not okay. Sorry to get on a platform there for a moment, but fuck me. Reverend James has spoken. Wow. I should get a whip crack sound effect and put it right there. I literally have no words. Like, not, like that was pretty much, wow. I tried. That's it, was, it. It was a calling out that needed to happen. I mean, it's it's a it's a very bad habit that some members of the community will focus on someone who is either a celebrity or a sort of celebrity adjacent, someone that has made a name for themselves. Because we all know that there have been several bodybuilders over the last decade that have dipped their toes into the world of gaining for profit really i mean they do it so that they can get a book deal or so they can get a tv show and gainers will often latch on to this concept and begin to send them messages on their social media platforms like i you shouldn't lose the weight you should keep going at it and, and saying a lot of stuff that is not really appropriate to the situation and or to the person who is receiving the messages you know and creating a very negative impression of what our community is you know, this, this idea that no one has their own free agency and you should just fold to our demands. And, you know, this, this very insidious way of like, oh, you'd be so much happier if you were bigger anyway. Like, you know, you can't do shit like that. Uh, he said like bodybuilders dipping their toes in the gaining. And then I immediately, like my brain immediately went to Drew Manning. The first time Drew gained weight, it was hot because he actually got chubby. He actually got, there was actual fat and flab on Well, him. that's the thing though. Like, I And it looked like- really good. But the second time around, it was much more of a bloated, deflated, deflated. I mean, and he he got a round belly. He did by the end. That's the thing that really confuses me, though, because the thing was like, okay, here's the thing. Um, I've um Gainer Picnic on Instagram. Love him, by the way. Love his content. Been watching him since he was on YouTube. Yeah, I, I will, I'm going to be quoting one of his Q&A videos from YouTube. And he said, supposedly, when you gain weight back, it gets softer. And that's why I got confused. I was like, because going back to what Tim said, I was like, it definitely was like a bit more of a bloated look the second time. And I was like, that's where I got confused. But then I remembered everyone's body's different. So yeah, I, and I think a lot of his diet choices in the, in the two experiments had a lot to do with it, too. Like, I think first time around, he went ham and just... So did James just now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious. Like, seriously, you literally went all in. Girl, I don't give a shit. And this is the thing. Like, no mercy. No mercy for the week. Everything right there. And you think that's the end of it. Like, I should tell you the story about me and Sam Smith sometime. But no, uh, like, I don't give a shit about who the fuck you are. Like, if I'm in your face and I have something to say, I'm going to say it. And if I get a raise, you will feel it. (gasps) 
just that's what makes James the yin to my yang because I'm still that person who may judge the audience a bit like I'm like okay do I go off and tell this person exactly what I'm thinking or do I try to do it in a more surreptitious way (laughs) what do you think defines the gaming community as it is right now the way it's looking right now is a very like every man for themselves kind of thing and it's a very like I'll jump I'll jump over mountains to save my ass but I'll throw you under the bus if it means that that gets accomplished it's very very one-sided almost and there's still a lot there's a lot of things that have been done to improve it but just because you've done some work doesn't mean that it's fixed absolutely and as much as you know tim and i are trying to do something again with this podcast trying to push forward it's still going to take every single one of us to make active changes to have a cultural shift in the community very true tim what's your what's your take on it uh, the community as it currently stands versus perhaps how it might have been when you first joined when i first joined i mean and this was like 10 years ago so it's kind of hard for me to remember exactly what the vibe was on grammar but i mean it was everyone had just come over from beefy frat which had been dying a slow death for a couple of years before the switch over to grammar And it was still all pretty much around the same age range of like college age or a little bit out of college. Um, Of course, there's, you know, demographics in every age group there. But uh, first joining, it seemed like everyone had a little bit more of a sense of community, mostly because most of us didn't know what we were doing. And it was just fly by the seat of your pants. Today, it's much more of an every man for himself. I'm defined by my fellowship. I'm defined by how popular I am and, and and maybe I'm generalizing too much maybe some of those grammar celebrities are not really like that I don't know because I don't know all of them but I mean I the feeling that comes down you know the trickle down effect is that you, these people are up here on the top tier the upper echelon and the rest of us are all waiting around in the muck until one of them pays attention to us <laughs> while that might be the community as it stands right now I want to ask you, Alison specifically, what is your hope for the future of gaming? And to me, this is kind of the big question of the episode, because you are that age, just like Tim said, you're that age where you've got your whole progression of gaming journey in front of you. Yes, encourage a feeder, but you see what I'm saying. You've got that whole timeline journey in front of you to see and affect change and do so much. I want to ask you, what is your hope for the future? What's like the the biggest and most important thing you want to see changed? And what what's what's the most exciting thing that you want to look forward to? This this first thing, there there's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, but first of all, this is just me being the kind of person I am and me kind of things wanting to go back to the way that they were when they started, I guess. Right. And by, by that, I mean, like, can we all just go back to YouTube? Like, and I definitely think like the YouTube age is definitely like where that was my like prime time of like getting into it. Cause it was around like, I want to say like 2016, 2017, like that brief time period, like the YouTube age of gaming was like, that was like my prime time. That was like where I would like, and now all of us are like either on Patreon or OnlyFans or. From what I hear of what you're saying, 
Yes, a simpler time. I mean, I'd like to kind of see like a gainer YouTube emerge, like an actual video platform where gainers could make YouTube content, even if it's just like a generic fetish tube, like fet, like call it fet tube or something, you know. That's that's the thing where like it used to be though. It would used to be like a like I keep saying because that's what it was. It was a simpler time where it was just like oh, if you wanted to see a belly play video, you could just like go to YouTube, like search your, your favorite gainer and then like all yeah. the videos would be like listed there. But now like, so in terms of, I like, guess the future of gaining, like something that you could want to see in the future is the opportunity to have that again. So maybe it's like yeah. the evolution of a platform, which maybe it's more generic fetish based, but gainers of any designation could make video content for free and put it up just because you want to make content. And I do think that's why people made it once upon a time, because back when we weren't making money off shit, we were just doing it for fun. I'm kind of curious, though, for you, Tim, what do you want to see in the future of gaming? I would love to see <clears throat> a community that actually feels like a community. And like um, Allison was saying, you know, I'd like to see, I I feel that the Grokio community of apps so all of the things that Gromer owns has become something of a monolith and I would like to see a bit more variety honestly because when I think about places on online for the gainer space there's Gromer and all of its apps and then there's bigger city which is really not for gaining at all it's more for chub chasing and the belly builders website and beyond that what else is there I'd like to see more variety. I'd like to see us take up more space, pun intended, on, uh, on online and have a, a greater sense of community. And <clears throat> I want to see what these, what, what the, what the recent, most recent generation is going to do with it. You know, I want to see the things that they're going to come up with and throw my support behind it. I'd like us all to move away from this generation of just Patreon and OnlyFans, if only because. You can't support literally everybody. It's just not possible. If you supported every gainer with an OnlyFans or a Patreon, you'd be broke constantly because that would probably equal thousands of dollars a month. I'm not going to say that they shouldn't be doing it. I'm just going to say that, like, if there was a way for all of us to interact... It shouldn't be, like, the first resort. Yeah, basically. You know, there is something to be said that the only way to really gain is to gain consistently and not to be classist or you know about money but literally if you can't afford to gain like you can't do it babe and that's not to gatekeep that's just a simple fact yeah it's not really rude it's just that's all there is to it like if Mm -hmm. you can't afford it then you you don't do it you can't do it and it's it's just a simple thing like um it costs money to overeat and you got to do things consistently and that's you know even it's even a critique of things like gainer shakes People are like, oh, the moment I stopped the gainer shakes, I lost weight. And it's like, yeah, because you were having an extra 3,000 calories a day and then you stopped. You weren't maintaining what you needed to maintain in order to maintain the weight. Therefore, your body went, well, lose the weight then. That was temporary. Because when you don't don't eat what you're used to, your body goes into survival mode and it eats off the fat. Yeah. And then you you lose it. It's, It's little simple things like that. And, you know... Maybe, maybe that's going to be my point for the future. I want to see us grounded in reality a little bit more. I don't want to see us trading fucking gainer shake recipes where it's three cups of vegetable oil. I don't want to see us flogging Patreon like we ain't got a second income. 
I want to see us building community first and foremost. I want to see us supporting each other. I want to see us lifting each other up. I want us to be at the point that when people act a fool, the community rallies against them and puts them in their fucking place so that they sit there and they go, oh shit, people didn't like that. I can't be a fucking dickhead anymore. That's what I want. Well, that should be a given, but like, uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Well, this is, this is the hope for the future. So I think to round off today, what have we covered? You know, we've looked a little bit into the past. We've seen that maybe interactions online haven't been too good. And probably you can tell from the tone of the conversation that carries on even to now, because you remember that stuff. You know, and you might think to yourself, oh, God, maybe it didn't mean that much to you, but it clearly meant something to someone else. Like, there's a good lesson there. Don't be a random dickhead to people you don't know unless they're being shit. In which case, they're being shit. Great. Fuck them off. (laughs) But otherwise, a bit of kindness, a bit of grace wouldn't go astray. (laughs) Just just a little dull. Joining us, where can people find you? Okay, so my SoundCloud platform... I'm not a rapper. I should make that very clear. I'm not a SoundCloud rapper. Um, I make pop music and uh, my handle is Allison Rea. And my style blog on Instagram is at style by Sandro. Beautiful. Love that. Well, that's it for another episode of Thick radio please remember to like and subscribe rate us five stars and leave a good review as always you can find me on grommer instagram and tiktok at stanham and twitter and youtube at stanham g and you can find me on grommer as orpheus you can find me on instagram twitter youtube and tiktok as thicky mouse and of course you can find more of what we've talked about today on instagram and patreon at thick radio and now we're on twitter and tiktok too also at thick radio so until next time bye fats bye fats let's talk about it thick radio is a patreon and enter app podcast produced by stan and thicky mouse next and mastered by stan our artwork is provided by lucky 2 our theme song is provided by Spotify. by